stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Did you order the code red? I did the job. Did you order the code red? Red, I did. Well, well, I mean, this is a serious issue. I don't know why. (laughs) Code red seems to apply to a lot of things. I think there's a soft drink called code red. So in this context, what you need to know about code red is that that directly relates to the number of ambulances available to respond to calls. And you wouldn't think that it would be so easy for us to basically run out of ambulances. But that's what happened yesterday. Now, there were a lot of accidents yesterday, as we know. It was snowing and snowing a lot, and messy roads lead to accidents. We know that. But in fact, EMS within the Calgary zone had responded to so many calls yesterday morning, it got to the point where there were no more ambulances available to respond to calls. So officials called that code red for about 25 minutes between 9.40 and 10.05 a.m. So how does it get to that point? What do we do when that happens? Are there ambulances that come from other jurisdictions? Do people just have to wait it out? Because that could be a potentially dangerous situation. And what can be done to alleviate that? I mean, we don't want to have way too many ambulances. So what's reasonable for... Uh, jurisdiction like Calgary. Well, joining us to talk more about it, please to welcome to the program Mike Parker, who's president of the Health Sciences Association of Alberta. Mike, thanks for joining us here. Hey, thank you, Rob. How often does this happen that we have to, to call a code red? It's When you look at the stats, Rob, it's, it's interesting because what you find is that the code reds are happening on a daily basis. Maybe it's just a couple of seconds in a, in a morning period. But what's more important to, to understand here is in a population like Calgary, where there's a million people living, this morning at 9.30, your city hit a uh, single unit availability. So one ambulance was available for the entire city of Calgary. So Code Reds is one part of the conversation. Love the intro, by the way. But when you look at how this system is being managed, one unit sitting somewhere in Calgary is just as, as horrifying in my eyes as, as a Code Red. There's, no, there's not enough resources on the front lines. To make a, a comment about too many ambulances, well, I'd be concerned with that one because what we have, again, on a daily basis is nobody available to respond to your 911 call. On a daily basis? Correct. When, when the employer will use comments like, there's always a truck available to respond to your event, what you need to ask then is where is that truck coming from and how many thousands of people have been left in the rural communities with no coverage while they send more units into the city where they are under-resourced and working to the maximum of their abilities. Is that what often happens in Calgary? Then we get to call ambulances from surrounding areas? It happens on a daily basis in Calgary that they call ambulances out from surrounding areas. That's how they can make the statement that there's always a truck responding to a call. They never tell you where it's coming from or how long it's going to take to get there. Right. And so there's there's jurisdictions to the north, the south, the east, the west. They they, they could come from, from any any of those. They can they can come from anywhere. They can uh move our folks that are doing transfers, uh critical transfers across the city, they move them over, or they'll move a rural communities unit into the city to help cover, or those communities are already in the city trying to get back to their community and they get picked up for additional trips. So what we have here is is this circling of, of 
uh, lack of resources within the metro area, drawing in all of the communities outlying Calgary, leaving uh, all of these areas exposed with no coverage. And we're talking about thousands and thousands of residents that there is no ambulance in the community. So what, what needs to be done about it, you think, Mike? Well, I can tell you this, that we foiped the uh, Alberta Health Services Ambulance Division uh, a few months back, and it's surprising how long it took for them to get back to us. But they've just recently provided some information that shows uh, a 19.4% increase in call volume. So we could just start with that in your mind. A 20% increase in call volume, and in that same amount of time, they have a 2.9% increase in frontline ambulances on the street. So I'll tell you what I'd like to see is them to be matching call volume growth with increased resource growth. I don't need more, like you had said. We don't want too many, which I still struggle with. But at the end of the day, when there's a 20% increase in call volume, we need to match that with a 20% increase in ambulance frontline transport-capable paramedics on the street. But we're still going to get busier days than usual. Yesterday seemed like one of those unusually busy days, didn't it? Fair enough. Unusually busy because it snowed in Alberta. I find that one yeah, a, a yeah. difficult one, too. Uh, recently, there was an incident in Calgary where a plane was, was declaring an emergency and we needed to respond to an airport, but we didn't have anybody to go. It wasn't snowing that day. So you understand that the call volume that these folks are facing, the, the onslaught of calls with no available resources, places them in this situation every single day. And it wasn't snowing every single day. So, yes. Uh, an abnormal day like uh, heavy snow, lots of accidents, slips, falls, and trips. These are all people requiring paramedics to, to respond to them. And at the end of the day, we can't even manage a normal day, never mind a day that has a heavy call volume and snow. So who, who makes these decisions regarding personnel, regarding manpower, regarding resources? I think you can start just moving up the ladder. You go through Alberta Health Services. They are the first ones that decide where the allocations of of funds goes. They are administered funds by the government of Alberta. And at the end of the day, if they're not directing those funds directly to the street, to the front lines of health care, then it gets lost in the system somehow. And what have we seen as the consequence? I mean, we can imagine what what the worst-case scenario might be in in some of these events, but have have we seen direct consequences people impacted by this situation i need to be cautious here rob but what i'm going to tell you is that i have information from those frontline members that clearly state there has been uh, undue harm because of a long response time but these are people's lives we're talking about here so again cautious about how we refer to people that are out there at risk our paramedics are busting their butts trying to get to these calls putting themselves at risk at times as they're heading across the entire city for a call and those folks on the other end of the line are still waiting. There was an incident, I understand, in, in December on Stony Trail, uh, an injury accident. Are, are you able to talk about that? I'm familiar with the incident, yeah, on the 19th, I believe. December 19th, that's what I understand. And so there were numerous people injured, but not enough ambulances to respond. And again, in a, in a mass casualty, and at a and a, this, this specific incident is not uncommon in the city of Calgary. I believe that your news was highlighting an incident that's ongoing currently in Calgary, where traffic's backing up and there is a major collision on the Deerfoot or on the on the Deerfoot right now. I think they said yep. Th- this stuff happens all the time. Uh, our paramedics are well trained to triage and transport the most critical patients first. Again, though, as you stated, were there enough ambulances to respond to that call? I don't know. 
uh, in, a, in a mass casualty, we respond all available resources to try and deal with the incident. But when there's none to go, there's none to go. Are there expectations in terms of response times, thresholds? Sure. The, there, there's numbers that they've thrown around forever. It used to be that you needed an ambulance in six minutes, then they moved it to eight when we couldn't hit six, then they moved it to ten when we couldn't hit eight. So, so these things are a moving target that it's hard for us as a union to pin them down on. What we also need to talk about here is what does that do to the crews responding on a daily basis when their workload has gone to every minute of that day is spent either responding to calls or transporting patients to hospitals, and there is not one free moment of time where they can finish their personal uh, issues, like having lunch or using a restroom. This is what they're facing every single day now, and, and there is no breathing room left in this system. So, more ambulances would be um, first place to start, you think? I, I don't think. I know. I know that when you have a call resource increase by 19% and a service increase of 2.9%, these guys have nothing left to give. And until we have a good look at what they've done to the system, by not maintaining those service levels and by challenging these workers with all of these impacts on their mental health, their physical health, it's probably cheaper anyway if you looked at all of these other factors to just get more trucks on the road. So for every ambulance we we add, what do we have to add in terms of of staffing? Uh, Each ambulance has two members on it. They run 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So that's a minimum of eight people you need per ambulance. And how many more ambulances does Calgary In Calgary, I don't have the... So the FOIP information has just come in. We are just working through that now, and I'll be doing a press release on the 20th, and I'll be able to give you guys a lot more information then. Okay. Yeah, well, we'll follow up on this, Mike. Appreciate making some time for us here this afternoon. Rob, thanks for the call. And for all those out there, be safe. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Mike. There you go. Mike uh, Parker, president of the Health Sciences Association of Alberta, representing EMS workers. So they they see it as a manpower issue. Uh, The call volume has gone up. We don't have the uh, ambulances, uh, the increase in ambulances that, that match that. So he says this kind of thing happens on a pretty regular basis where we're down to having no vehicles available. And even though we say we have vehicles available, those are vehicles that are coming from outside of Calgary that are A, going to take a long time to get where they need to go and then B, leave these other communities kind of in the lurch. 974-8255 is our number. I'm going to get your reaction to, to all of this. We'll take a break here. Back with your calls right after this. How would you like to live the big life? Jock Wilson, live on location for the Foothills Hospital Home Lottery. You could live the big life if you win the Foothills Hospital Home Lottery. We're talking a $2.4 million grand prize show home located right on the lake in Mahogany. This is a beautiful home, over 5,600 square feet of fully furnished living space, four bedrooms, four and a half baths, an unbelievable floor design with ceilings ranging from 14 to 22 feet. Of course, my favorite room is the contemporary wine cellar. It is completely stocked. And don't forget, you have the ultimate lake room as well, complete with everything you need to enjoy year-round outdoor lake living. Hey, if you get your ticket before midnight tonight, you are eligible for the bonus prize, the Big Kahuna. We're talking a private jet, five of your closest friends, Hawaii, $10,000 in spending money. If you don't want the trip, you can take $100,000 as well. It is the Foothills Hospital Home Lottery. Check it out online, foothillshospitalhomelottery.com. 
Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.